Tune in to the hottest sports talk show on Never Had It So Good Sports Radio. Join us weekdays at 7 p.m. Stories about players and coaches of all levels. We make it easy to talk sports. Never had it so good. Sports Talk Radio. It's March Madness, and we're in full force here with it. We had the women on last night to talk about the Final Four, and that concluded last night with two games. And congratulations to South Carolina. Congratulations to Virginia Tech, um, and then Iowa, and also LSU. I'm going to get my co-host in here. Um, he may not be able to do the show tomorrow because Booker's going to be after him. Duck Riley, how are you? <laughs> What's up, President? <laughs> that was pretty cool. Um, and I'm so glad you said, hey, tell, say hello to mom. Um, that was very popular, and, and, and a lot of people call in to hear her story. Um, and, and, again, Duck, I'm jealous, too. Um, sports management is now I know what I would have loved to have, you know, majored in. I don't think that major was available back um, when when I was coming through college. But I, I'm living my dream dream through her with, you know, the NBA and college and track and field, just all of those those entities that's going to take her far. Oh, okay, yeah. You know, uh, it, it, it's become more popular of late. Uh, in the yeah. beginning, it was, it was very difficult for people to get jobs in that field. Mm-hmm. So they almost had to kind of go back, for instance, and almost – get another degree but now the popularity of it and and it's opening the doors not only for the women it's opening the door for a lot of a lot of the men too yeah you know i heard her saying i'm, I'm going to get the gentleman in here talk basketball but i heard her say that women can actually get football scholarships to do exactly that and that is to be in sports management and be on scholarship to do that that's pretty cool up Oh yeah, without a doubt, and, and she's a great young lady. And like I said, you know, by her uh, taking over, the, running the track program till Coach Booker got there, you know, that's just mm-hmm. kind of speaks for speaks for herself. Yeah, that means he trusts her, and she was very responsible and knew what she was doing. That that really does. We have one, two. We're breaking. Can you hear us, Princess? Yeah, I hear you. Okay, okay. I uh, sound like it was breaking up. Okay, um, two, one, two, three, two. Give us your name. Tony Busted Bracket Coleman. <laughs> <laughs> Tony Coleman. If anybody says they had those four in the final four, I, I want to see them for sure. Um, brackets are busted for sure. Hold on right there, Tony Cohen, 5928. Give us your name. Uh, Will Harris, how's everybody doing tonight? Doing What's good, up, sir. Doing, doing really good. All right, 0986. Tommy Pritchett, good evening, everyone. Hey, Tommy Pritchett, welcome. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Glad to have you, glad to have you. I, I see the light-skinned brother for last. Um, <laughs> What's up, fam? <laughs> Hey, Phil. <laughs> listen, I'm just glad to be here with everybody. <laughs> That's okay, it. Awesome. Awesome. Hey, 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 Princess, he sounded like that. So, I mean, his his bracket was busted, too. Yeah. Oh, Jack. <laughs> Jack. <laughs> <laughs> well, Duck, I'm going to say something to you that I rarely say to Reverend Robinson. I'm going to be quiet. And let you uh, do the show. <laughs> okay. All right. Tim, I know Tim should, Tim should be back shortly. So let me start yeah, off I, with, with. I heard with you, Larry. My, what? <laughs> I know you did. <laughs> All right, gentlemen. I'm going to start off with uh, Tommy Pritchett. Glad to have you back, Tommy. Uh, well, thank you. Yeah, we want to talk about. I, I, we probably think you probably the only one that got somebody in the final four, but. Anyway, we want to know if your your top five changed. Yes. Um, <laughs> none of my top five made the final four. 
um, I didn't have any of these teams getting this far, but you know, at the beginning we talked about all the upsets, so that's what's been happening. Okay, uh, if you had to pick right now, uh, Tommy, who, who, who you like to win it all? Yes. Uh, to and win it I, all, you, you know, I, I'm gonna tell you know, I, I tell you, this past weekend was it, it was not a good weekend for me because I didn't get a chance to see any of the games this weekend. <clears throat> Our electricity went off Friday and didn't come on until all the games was off Sunday. So, oh, <laughs> and, hey, it was bad. rough. It, it, it was <laughs> rough, but I didn't get a chance to see any of the games. Uh, but you know, UConn got my attention. Out of the four that's left, UConn got my attention, so I'm going with UConn to win it okay. all. Okay, and, and, you know, and we and we'll come back to that and talk a little bit more about it. But I want to know uh, from Tony, uh, your top five. I'm, I'm sure it changed. And how, if you had the top five now, how would you rank them? Man, let me tell you, Dave, my top five definitely changed. And then, uh, but I got a new five. I got a new <laughs> five, man. I like my new five better than the old five I had. So let me tell you about new five. <laughs> Dave Riley, mm-hmm. Will Hatton, Tommy Pritchett, Larry Tisdale, <laughs> and Princess Boo. That's my five. <laughs> They're consistent. That's my five, man. <laughs> Oh, we start. <laughs> oh man! All right, Will, talk to us, Will. How's uh, your top five? And I, I know you got somebody in the bracket. You know, we got a Florida team in there somewhere. So, what you got for us? Yeah, my top five is pretty much busted, just like my bracket. But <laughs> I have to re-rank them now. I mean, I have Miami at five last week, so I moved them to number one. I put UConn at number two. I think they're playing the best basketball out of everybody right now. Uh, FAU, I think I kind of slipped on them. They were 32-3. and three. They only lost three games all year. I think they were kind of undefeated to begin with. I just kind of I missed them when I was doing my bracket. San Diego State, four. And I'll put uh, five, even though they lost. I thought they played a competitive game. That was one of the better games of the weekend. Okay. Uh Larry, what about you, Larry? Yeah, yeah, we swept all that other part of the bracket out. I got nobody. I had some wishful thinking uh, that made <laughs> it, uh, and, and that was it. You know, some teams that I, I thought were going to play well the last time we spoke. Um, I, my top five right now is I got UConn number one. Um, again, I thought the coaching uh, was going to go a long way with them. I got Miami at number two. I've kind of been riding with them all, all year. I uh, watched them play earlier in the year, and they really, man, there's, there's, some, there's some men playing in this Final Four. Um, between Miami, I got San Diego coming at number three, and FAU at number four, and that was a toss-up for me because uh, both of them, you know, got some bucket getters. Let's see San Diego got some real bucket getters on this squad. Um, I, and, and it was a toss-up between Kansas State and Creighton, for my number five, both of them played really good games. Um, uh, but that one-point game with Creighton, I just slid them up there at number five, but it could have easily been uh, K-State. But really, really good games. I think every game uh, this past weekend was really good. Um, and I think we'll mention, man, boy, did we sleep on some teams, uh, the FAU and San Diego uh, especially. Um, and I think they have a lot of older uh, players on there, some, maybe some fifth-year guys, and they look it. Uh, when they get out there, they just look a little different than uh, everybody else they were playing. So that's my top five. And did you, did you want to know who I got number one winning it all also? No, no, not yet. Okay. I'll okay. come back to you. Right. But I'm, yep. I'm going to stay with you, though. Let's okay. talk about some of the surprises and some of the upsets. Well, I can't even go just, just these past games, the last games. I don't even see anything as, as, as really an upset. I had some um, some teams that I kind of thought I, – I thought Kansas State, you know, again, I always think this is a guard play time of year. 
So I thought Kansas State was going to uh, ride him all the way through. Um, and you could see they kind of pressed it at one point. They went up, and it looked like they just wanted to put the hammer down, and they kind of changed up the way they were playing as opposed to just uh, continuing to play. So that, you know, that was, you know, a disappointing watching that game. That Creighton-San Diego game, I guess you could call that an upset, but what a great game. Um, it was hard to believe San Diego overcame the, you know, the seven-footer that Creighton had because he was dominating down low. Uh, and they still overcame it, and I, you know, I attribute that to their scoring. Uh, again, they got bucket getters going over there. Um, UConn, man, UConn put it on them, and they put it on them, and they didn't let go. Um, and again, uh, I think they have the system to play in the Final Four. I think there's certain things you need to play in the Final Four at this level, and a lot of it is a system, um, guard plays and systems. You know, Duke's the Kansas, a lot of UCLA's systems. And when you play like Fairleigh Dickinson, I think they have more of just an athletic, you know, we're in there. It's a different style. Um, I like Connecticut a great deal. And then to see Miami, boy, not, you know, athletes who can ball. Um, they have basketball players, not just athletes down there anymore. And, again, I think they're maybe a little older, but uh, and a great coach uh, down there. He's been in many places with some uh, great coaches that he sat next to. So I don't know how many upsets I would have said. Maybe the Miami, it wasn't an upset to me between the Miami and Texas game. Gonzaga wasn't. And the other two, yeah, uh, were toss-ups. So not very many upsets at this level for me. Okay. Uh, coming back to you, Tommy, because since you didn't get to see it, but when you hear it, were you surprised at some of the teams that lost? Yeah. Yeah. I, I was surprised by a few of them. In that South region, um, I was surprised that Alabama lost to San Diego State. Um, in the East region, I'm surprised that Florida uh, Atlantic is, is, is in the Final Four. That surprised me. In the Midwest region, I was surprised that Miami beat Texas. Mm-hmm. I thought Texas. I thought Texas would beat them. Uh, I thought I thought Texas would be in the final four, but that was a surprise to me. And uh, in that west uh, west of, uh, region, UConn defeating Gonzaga the way they did that that was a surprise. I didn't look at it as being any upsets, but you know, it was a lot of surprises for me. Okay, uh, Tony, upset surprises? Uh, definitely, uh, Dave. You know, the number one seeds, you know, seeing them go down the way they did, especially Alabama. I think we kind of alluded to it a little bit last week when we talked about Alabama, how they are ferocious on defense, but sometimes their offense is not consistent in that they would need to be very consistent against that game, um, against uh, San Diego. Um, and that's what exact, that's exactly what happened. They were not consistent. They were not, you know, able to come back from being behind against this team. So that was that was a uh, surprise upset uh, for me. Um, you know, Florida Atlantic and Tennessee game, you know, another one. And, um, you know, uh, the way that, uh, you know, the Houston and Miami game, you know, uh, came about, they were surprises. Uh, you knew that anything could happen. But I'm thinking Houston, man, you know, they really had so much more to uh, play for. Uh, the Final Four is being held in their hometown. You know, you're talking about home court advantage, and also you're the number one seed. It's like, man, you just got to find a way to get there. You know what I mean? And uh, so Miami just took that whole dream away from them. So that, that, was, a, that was an upset surprise for me. And uh, Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just, you know, I'll just, I'll just leave it right there. <laughs> I'll just okay. leave it right there. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Will, what, what about you, Will? Uh, upset, surprises? I think the biggest surprise was Alabama losing to San Diego State. I mean, they just went flat out cold. Uh, Brandon Miller's been playing well all year. Went what three for sixteen that game. So I think they just got caught on a bad night there. Uh, another surprise. I mean, Houston, Miami, Miami's a good team. 
I mean, I did pick Houston to win that game, but I don't think I'm surprised by Miami winning. They've, when they're getting hot at the right time, they've been playing well all year in the ACC. Uh, so I think um, they're, they're a team that I thought could make some noise in the tournament this year. Um, not surprised by anything in the West bracket. I just think UConn's just been dominant throughout the tournament, playing as good as basketball as anybody. FAU Kansas State was kind of a surprise. I thought uh, Kansas State just had uh, – I mean, they had come off some good wins. I thought their Marquise uh, Noel in a losing effort was playing extremely well all tournament. Um, game went down to the wire. I just thought FAU uh, came out with the win. So I think those will be my two biggest surprises, FAU over Kansas State and San Diego State over Alabama. Okay. Uh, Tim, uh, since you, you're back on, uh want to back up for a moment and talk about, you know, we know you you got all four teams that you picked. They're, they're yeah, exactly. still in it. <laughs> did you did you did you change up your top five at all four? Man, my, my top five has, has changed just about every week. Man, I didn't have any of this <laughs> in my mind at all. I, I this this thing is just upside down as far as I'm concerned. I've enjoyed it though, but uh, yeah, my uh, I I had no idea that any of these teams were going to succeed like they are, and you, you know I'm really at how good Florida Atlantic and San Diego State are. I mean, I knew the UConn was pretty good. They were number one in the nation earlier in the season. And I knew Miami was fairly fairly decent. Uh, they got Jim Laranega, and they play in the ACC, and they've been, been you know, pretty pretty competitive at the top of the league. But, wow, this one's throwing me for a loop. Okay. All right, give me your surprises and uh, upsets, however you want to call it. Well, you know, I was um I think I was on last week and I was talking about uh Alabama and how strong they were. And uh San Diego State, man, they've got some athletes out there. They stood up to these guys. They played them head up on the board. And um I think sometimes when you have teams that are not used to being challenged like that, um that uh you know, you 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 think that they're better than what they are, but um San Diego did not back down. Uh, they took Alabama's best shot, and they beat them. They beat them back. Uh, they didn't beat them down, but they beat them back. And so that one caught me by surprise. Um, I did not expect Creighton to be as competitive against San Diego State as they were, um, and, and and that one kind of caught me by surprise. And of course, Florida Atlantic just uh, that that threw me out threw me out there um, for a loop. I I had no expectation that they would beat Kansas State. Um, I did say last week on last week's program that I thought that Miami. Um, uh, game would be whoever won that would be the national champion, and Miami still got a chance to do that. But after watching UConn, oof, man, what they did to, to Gonzaga, and um, you know that that was just pretty impressive. That was pretty impressive, and I didn't realize. I think um, I think they beat. Uh, I think if I'm not mistaken, they beat Alabama by 15 points earlier in the season. Um, so they very well, very well may uh, may win this whole thing, uh, but uh, I've just been shocked by the whole thing. Okay, uh, I want to stay with you because I want to know what matchup are you looking forward to seeing? Well, you know, quite honestly, both of these final four games uh, I think are going to be highly competitive. And they should be fun to watch. The uh, San Diego State uh, game against uh, Florida Atlantic. Um, Florida Atlantic is surprisingly athletic. They're tall. Um, they're good shooters. Uh, San Diego State is just full of uh, a very athletic. I mean, they, they, these dudes have been in a weight room. Um, they, <laughs> they're some big dudes, big, strong dudes, and they play defense. They, conf- they contest everything. They contest dribbles. They can pe- contest passes. They can contest the boards. They contest shots. Uh, that's going to be fun to watch. And then uh, Miami and UConn should be very fun to watch as well because that's a very athletic matchup, and they'll probably go at it. But the way uh, UConn handled Gonzaga, uh, I don't know if anybody can handle that. Okay. Uh, Will, your your thoughts on the the matchups? Which one are you looking more forward to seeing? I think uh, UConn, uh, Miami is the one. 
looking uh, forward to. I think you got two teams playing uh, extremely good basketball right now. Probably um, UConn, especially uh, Miami's coming off some big wins as well. Uh, good athletes on both teams. Miami's um, got a lot of scores on their squad. UConn's probably the more balanced team, so I'm definitely looking forward to that. Okay, uh, talk to me, Tommy. What would you like to see this weekend, uh, or who you looking forward to seeing? Well, you know what? Both games going to be very good games, very competitive games. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing them. But you know what? In the end, what I would really like to see was a UConn versus a San Diego State. Um, I like to see the big guys banging on the inside. So I figure a game like that, it will be an interesting game to see. Okay. What about you, uh, Larry? Man, both of these, these – and, and this is a game, you know, we've talked about this all year. It's a game of styles. Um, I think Tim mentioned, you know, what UConn did to Gonzaga, and that was – yeah, that was pretty impressive and surprising at the same time. Um, but I kind of think that was probably some styles. Um, I didn't think Gonzaga was a team that uh, – if they got down, that they had that kind of firepower. They kind of grinded you out and – and beat you that way. So it's going to be really interesting to see uh, uh, UConn go up against uh, 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 Miami because Miami has, I, I think some mentioned it, they got some men out there. Um, and it looks more, you know, more like a conventional NBA team with their length. Um, so that may give UConn some surprises. But, you know, UConn's got Sunoco, and, and, you know, and yeah, so that's going to be a great, great game to watch um, if uh, – San Diego can withhold uh, UConn. And then on the other side, you know, I, man, I can't even tell you. I just think San Diego State may just have um, a little more scoring at will um, than Florida Atlantic. Um, would not be a surprise. But, yeah, San Diego State, uh, Lamont Butler and Tremel can, can put it in the hoop. So uh, between those two, they, they, you know, they look like fine, polished streetball players who have moved over. Um, to play uh, indoors, and, yeah, they're, they're just uh, bucket getters. But, again, Florida Atlantic with Martin, he's getting his also. So great games all the way around. Um, I'm locking the doors. I don't want nobody to interrupt me while I watch this this week coming up. All right, <laughs> uh, <hey>, Tony. <laughs> uh, I mean, I have to agree with a lot of um, <laughs> things that you said. I mean, um, you know, one thing that, you know, I think about, with these matchups, you're in the final four. Everyone is in Houston. Uh, there's going to be a lot of hoopla. It's going to be the media. It's going to be uh, a lot of interviewing, a lot of talking. Everybody's in town. All the college coaches, get they have tickets to go to the final four. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that's going to be going on in town. Who is going to be able to handle a lot of that stuff? It's almost like a comparison to the Super Bowl where you got so many moving parts happening. Now, I also think that the timing of the games, you know, who play first, I think they, they have to set the tone. And then when you're when you're sitting around for the second game, that's a late game. So now I think your approach and your mental approach is different when you got the, the late game. So it's going to be interesting just to see how all four of these teams handle these kinds of pressures. Um, to be honest with you, I don't know if any of them have ever really been in these situations before. Um, So I think it's going to be a new experience for all of them. So it's really going to boil down to who's the most mature, who has the best coaching staff to help them get navigate through that part of it. Nothing is going to show on the floor and how they perform. And I'm just waiting to see, man, how everything just come together. And uh, it should be some really, really good matchups, really good matchups. Okay, I want to stay with you, Tony, because I want I want you to, uh, like I told Tommy, I want you to tell me who's going to win it all and why you say that. Well, I see UConn and San Diego in the in the final, and UConn wins it all. I just I just believe UConn has all the pieces, man, uh, in the paint as well as on the perimeter, and they walk with a different kind of swagger and confidence starting from the coaching staff on down. And I just believe that, man, it's their time. You know, 
when you look at the region they came out of and the teams that they beat, um, I mean, they beat them convincingly. There was nothing close, man. They, you know, they they smashed, uh, you know, St. Mary's, and then they go on to Gonzaga, and you know, I mean, the list goes on, and uh, you know, and then when uh, Arkansas went down like that, I was like, wow, man. I'm like, you know, hey, UConn is that team. They're that team. Okay. Uh, all right, Thomas. Who, who's winning it all again? You know, Tim wasn't on when you say that. You know, Tim's always got your always back. Got you back. <laughs> hey, I, you know, I picked UConn to win it all. Uh, you know, all four of these teams that they haven't been there. It's been years since some of these teams have been in the Final Four, so. You know, everybody has a chance to to win it all. This won't be interesting, but I'm I'm picking UConn to win it all. Okay, uh, Larry, what are your thoughts? Yeah, tough, tough matchup. Um, I think I I, I, I on the thread I, I may have mentioned I, I believed it was uh, Hawkins, and he reminded me of C.J. McCallum going at at Duke. He has a pro-style game where he, he pulls up when he's supposed to pull up. He has no fear. Um, and then you got Sonogo down low, who is a huge presence. And then there's swingmen. Um, San Diego, uh, I, I think, will come out on the other side. Uh, and they have some scores, too. But I think maybe the difference will be when Sonogo goes down and they may have to drop off and he makes a presence down there, uh, that Hawkins and some of those others uh, will start to take over. So, I got UConn coming out uh, of this, but would not be surprised, but I do like UConn coming out. Okay. Uh, I'm also going to go with UConn. I think their hardest matchup will be uh, in the Final Four against Miami. I think they'll put up a good fight, but UConn's just been – I think they're playing the best basketball out of anybody. I think they had the most uh, complete team. I mean, they've just completely been dominant over some good teams too, like St. Mary's and uh, Gonzaga. So I think they'll get another championship. Okay. Uh Tim. Yeah, Doug, I uh you know, I said last week that I thought the winner of the Houston Miami game would be the, the national champion. Um, but after watching UConn, I don't know, man. I mean and and the thing you know, I noticed the two uh when I was watching the game um this weekend, that Miami's big man, although he's a very effective ball player, is only six seven. Um I'm not sure he's going to be able to handle Sonogo and the big, the other big fellow from um, from uh, UConn. Um, so uh, I may be wavering a bit. I, I probably have to go with Tommy. I think UConn might win this whole thing. Uh, although San Diego State is not backing down, believe me, they're not backing down from anybody, and they've got some big, strong dudes in there. They got a bunch of them too. Okay, want want to stay right with you. Uh... Tim, because the big topic, and I'm sure you guys have been keeping up with it, fear and respect. They feared Michael Jordan, but they respected LeBron James. Yeah, I heard that. Um, I heard somebody was talking about it. I don't know if it was, who it was. It was one of the, the pundits uh, talking about that. And quite honestly, I think there's fear of LeBron James. I think LeBron James doesn't have the scowl that um, uh, Michael Jordan had, um, but I think uh, I think he instills fear in a lot of players. I, I think once he gets rolling, uh, he's something to deal with, and and they don't want to be out there playing against him when he's when he's on. So um, I, I think that's um, just a topic for the talk shows. But uh, I think some of the same kind of uh, intimidation exists with LeBron James, or at least it did. Uh, up until you know he started having so many, so many injuries the last year or so. Okay, uh, your your thoughts on that, uh, uh, Tony? I um I hear a lot of former players that played during the Jordan era, either you know against him or with him, talk about you know the fear that players had uh, when either they were going up against him. You know, I've heard some interviews by guys, other two guards that used to had to had to guard Michael. Like the night before the game, you know, they may they're playing somebody else, they may go hang out, stay up late or whatever. But then if they know if they play in Chicago 
<laughs> they going to bed early, <laughs> you know, 8 o'clock. <laughs> they going to bed, getting that rest. They said, man, we got to chase the black cat around tomorrow, man. So I got to get my rest tonight. And um, LeBron is definitely, um, you know, that guy that, you know, gets the respect throughout the league. But I think even, you know, during his time, you know, playing against guys that, you know, uh, alongside of him, uh, they did have some fear because, you know, if you had the choice of playing against him, you know, um, as opposed to, you know, some of the other, you know, uh, top players in the league, you would rather not see LeBron because, I mean, he just has a way of making everyone around much better. Um, he has a way of dominating in so many different ways and beating you in so many ways. So it's like, how do you play him when a guy can guard and defend one through five, when he can run the point, when he can, you know, play two, three, four, five, no matter. So um, he was definitely feared. Um, I think it's, you know, more of a conversation piece that, you know, uh, you have people just trying to come up with something just to keep something going. But I think it's fear on both sides at some point, uh, as well as respect, as well as respect. You know, player versus player, they got to have a respect level. And the fear do comes in to those guys that are definitely, you know, young and, you know, just don't know how to handle going up against those superstars like that. Those guys be scared. <laughs> so, yeah, it's a it's – a, uh, it's a topic, man, that you can have so many spins on a day. I don't even know where to end, man. It's <laughs> so many spins. Okay, and and that's and that's why we're doing it. Uh, since uh, Will is with the new era, Will, uh, respect yeah. and fear. What what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, I think you can have examples of both. I mean, when you look back at some of the Jordan in the Jordan days, I mean, John Stark didn't seem like a guy that feared him. He used to go at him. Uh, when they used to meet in the playoffs. Well, you had um, guys like that who used to run for his money, but he, Jordan just was just, just pre- able to prevail. Um, Detroit Pistons didn't feel him either. Right. <laughs> you, look at, uh, <laughs> you just look at uh, LeBron. I mean, I know Draymond said LeBron feared, but, I mean, you know, you look at the guys that play him, I mean, he's, you know, he. I mean, I think he has the ability to take over a game. It just seems like he. The difference between him and Jordan is he's more of a distributor, number one, and then in the clutch, he's he's gonna make the best basketball play. He doesn't always have to take the last shot. So, um, I think. You know, I think you can have. I think it's a situation where you just have examples of both. I think some guys, you know, may have feared Jordan, but you had other guys that went at him, and the same with uh, LeBron as well. Okay, Alaya, your thoughts on that. Respect. Yeah, yeah. We'll kind of like like hit on you know what I was going at. Uh, you know, I grew up with with Jordan, and you know, in Philly, there was no fear of, of Jordan. You know, from those Detroit teams, the Knicks, and especially the East. You know, nobody in the East uh, feared him. They went at him, and you know, there were Jordan rules. You know, because they were going to punish him. I think there was a, a great deal of marketing that was going on at the time. You know, because we had just left the. The, the magic bird era and Jordan was kind of, you know, taking over the league and he was the face of the league, the shoe and everything. So I think a great deal of that came from there. Um, when he played Stockton or the really good guards, uh, there was no Stoyakovich. Like there was no fear. We look back at it now and, you know, at that two pounds, you know, tilapia you caught is 22 pounds. And I think that's what's been happening to Jordan. As great as the player as he was. And he truly was. Um, he's just become very mythical. And when I look at LeBron, you know, LeBron, as he came out of straight out of high school, you know, he didn't have that killer mentality. He was a basketball player, and I probably akin him more to to Magic. And at six eight two sixty, he has then learned, you know, how to take over a game, you know, efficiently without having to take that last shot. I think Will even mentioned uh, he will make the best basketball play. But if you got to play play him at six eight two sixty, yeah, you got some sleepless nights too. Yeah, um, because how do you guard him? Yeah, so I'm not sure anybody could guard him. I, you know, me and my son have this debate all the time: who's better? I don't know who's really better. Um, I really couldn't put one in front of the other. Um, and I think they're probably really from the average player of their eras, they're both probably feared as much. 
I think every player is losing sleep, especially in a playoff game if you've got to play any one of them. In a playoff game when it slows down a little and it's magnified, man, you yeah, you got some bubble guts going on. So uh yeah, I think I think it's it's fairly equal. Uh I just think that that Jordan probably has that legacy and aura with him of the NBA to follow him. Okay, uh for you guys that don't know and you know, really don't know uh Tommy Pritchett, you know, you haven't met him just on the show. Uh I think that was a fear factor for Tommy Pritchett. But Tommy, you want to talk about fear and respect. Yeah, you know what? Uh, guys did fear Michael. I, I I think you know I, I did. I never met Michael. I didn't play against Michael. But I watched. Guys feared Michael, but they feared him. The fear came from uh, from what he was capable of doing on the offensive end. You know. You know, everybody that came out there gave Michael their best shot. I didn't see a guy that didn't check Michael, that didn't give him give Michael their best shot. But it most of the time it didn't work out. That's where the fear came in on the offensive end of what he could do to you. Um, you know, guys that come out and can hit 35, 40, 50 points at any given time, they're feared. You know, they might not say that they're feared, but they are feared by, you know, by whoever has to check them. And another thing is, you know, they're out there talking all that trash. <clears throat> you had to watch what you said to Michael. <laughs> because, you know, you didn't want to put yourself in a position to where he was going to knock down 50 or 60 on you, and he would do that. Now, with LeBron... I have respect for LeBron's game. Uh, you know, he 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 don't have uh, he he doesn't have the reputation of being a a lethal scorer, but he can score. He can score when he want to score, but that's not LeBron. Yeah. You know, he 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 rebounds. He he's been a playmaker. He's a complete player to me, and that's how he gets a lot of respect for him for what all he can do on the court. And that's how I look at both players. Now, for me to say Michael was better than LeBron, I can't say that. You know, both of them both of them can play the game and they just play it a little differently. But at the when you look at the at the stat sheets, it shows, you know, what kind of game they had. So both of them I can see People having fear for Michael, and I can see people having respect uh, for LeBron. Both of them are very good players. Okay, uh, Tommy, I, w- I want to stay right with you because I want to kind of tell me what you you think is wrong with these NBA teams: Utah Jazz, Houston Rockets. We, we've talked about the Pistons a little bit before, and the Washington Wizards. So just kind of give me your summation on each one of them. Okay. <clears throat> you know, the Jazz and the Rockets are are very young teams. And I'm gonna start with the Jazz. You know, they got a they got a pretty good core. You know, they got uh Horton Tucker, they got Clarkson, Sexton, Marketon, and a and a few other young guys. Uh, but since Rudy left, they need a protector. They need a real protector. And with all the draft picks they got for Rudy, they should uh, through the draft. And I don't know where the you know what picks they have, but through the ja- through the draft, they should uh, have enough picks to make them better. As for the Rockets, like I said, they're young too. They got Ty Ty Washington, Jalen Green, Torrey Easton. You know, those guys can play. They're young, but they need to upgrade the five position, you know, to better themselves. As for the Wizards, injuries have, you know, the injuries has plagued that team for a while. They can't keep their players healthy. They got Bill, Gafford, Kuzma, Pazingas. 
And their uh, number one pick last year, Johnny Davis, didn't hardly play any this past season because he was uh, he was hurt. And plus, Washington doesn't attract a lot of free agents, so I don't know their draft situation either, but uh, they need some help. But that's how I look at them. What what are your thoughts on the Pistons? Uh, You know what? The Pistons, they're in pretty good shape. Uh, They're young, too. They got Cunningham there. They got uh, Jalen Duran, James Wiseman, Ivy, Bagley, Isaiah Stewart. But, you know, they're all young, too, but they need some veterans. Uh, from the free agents to guide them young guys. So hopefully, and you know, they don't attract free agents either. So maybe they can get somebody through the draft, you know, to help them out too. Okay. Uh, Larry, talk to me about those, these four teams. Larry, you on mute? We lost Larry for a moment. All right, I've come back to him. Will, talk to me about these four teams. I think the Rockets, they're just a young uh, rebuilding team right now. So I think there's probably a couple years away before they'll start to be competitive again. The Utah Jazz, I thought they overachieved. I think when they got rid of some players this offseason, it looked like they were going into tank mode and rebuilding. But, I mean, they're – you know, they've actually kind of overachieved from what I expected. They got Markinen, uh playing really well. I thought the uh, trade for Colin Sexton worked out for them. You know, he was a good addition to that team. Then you got uh, Beasley and Clarkson on that team as well. So I think they have a nice young core that they can uh, build around, and maybe it's not going to be as big of a rebuild as I originally thought. Pistons are also thrown into that uh, very young team category. I mean, with they acquired a Wiseman from Golden State. You got uh, Jalen Duran, who's you know, athletic big guy, I think, is going to have a good future in the league. Uh, Cunningham looks to be the real deal. They got Ivy from last year's draft. So, as far as them, they just got to keep building and building. Maybe they can add some uh, vets on their roster this offseason to try to complement that young core they have. So, I think that's the team that's probably one or two years away as well. As far as the Wizards, they've just kind of been stuck in mediocrity for a few years now. I'm, I thought, you know, Bradley Beal's a guy I think they just needed to move and get some assets for and just start to get the rebuild going because I don't think they have a really high ceiling with what the roster they put together now. I mean, you got I mean, you got Rui was a good pickup. I mean, Kuzma, Porzingis, I mean, they're just good support players. But I think without um, – I mean, they're just pretty much going to be middling in that middle of the pack year after year. They're not going to get a high draft pick to add some young talent uh, and help the rebuild. So, Maybe this offseason we'll see them try to move uh, Bradley Beal and finally do a, a real rebuild. Okay. Uh, Tim. The Jazz, they basically retooled their team this year, and I think they're sort of in rebuilding mode. So they're they're a few years away. Uh, I'm not expecting a whole lot from them probably for the next two or three years, although they, they do have some you know, good young talent. I think the Houston Rockets, on the other hand, uh, they're also very, very young, but they're very talented. And I think, um, I think with one or two pieces, they'll be com- they'll be uh, competitive in the next couple of years. Um, so I'm expecting, um, you know, I'm expecting them to be a much better ball club. Um, who's the others? The uh, the, the uh, Wizards. Uh, they're yeah. basically Bradley Beal. <clears throat> basically Bradley Beal. Uh, I don't expect very much of them uh, any more than I have for the last decade. Uh, but the Detroit Pistons, uh, I think Tommy mentioned it. They've got a they've got a really nice nucleus, and I think they just need some experience. As he he mentioned, maybe a veteran player to, to some leadership. But they've got talent, and uh, I think they're going to be around for a while. Okay, uh, Larry. Yeah. Um... I think everybody's kind of hit on it. Uh, the Jazz, is, they're in a rebuild mode. Um, I don't believe they have enough talent to to make any real noise. And there's some trading pieces with, you know, marketing and Jordan Clarkson. There's some good young players. 
but in this league, either you're you know challenging for a title or or you're you know building for one. The Rockets are probably on their way up. Uh, Jalen Green, I think everybody's mentioned Jabari Smith, uh, uh, Kenyon Martin. So I, I like what they're doing. They got some really good young players who can put the ball in the hoop. And I think Tim may have mentioned if they get some veteran leadership on there, um, they could be okay. Uh, the Pistons, the Pistons are here. Um, the Pistons can play. They could play now. Uh, everybody's mentioned their roster already. Uh, Cunningham's a monster. He's, he's, he's a big boy. Uh, he came in, and the transition wasn't anything for him. And then they just signed Weissman, who I really, really like. Um, unfortunately, he didn't fit in where he was at Golden State. I really like him. Um, so I think that they're going to do well. Got good role players to put the ball in the hoop, Ivy and Bogdanovich. Now, the team that's, you know, we kind of just toss them aside is the Wizards. But I think hopefully the Wizards are working on something. Bradley Bill, when he plays, is as good as anybody putting the ball in. I think he's, I don't know, maybe 6'7", back you down. He gives Philly fits. Um, so I really like him. The others are really our role players. And I know they've been dead for a century or so, you know, before the name, when it was Bullets. But I am hoping, and the way things have been going in the past, if KD plays a year here like he did everywhere else and wants to go back home, um, because that's the only thing I think that could kind of revive them is they bring a superstar in to build that team up again. And if you put KD with that team and maybe one or two other, you know, free agents, low-cost free agents, I think they could be fairly decent. Um, so let's see what KD does or maybe even Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons is out. Oh, never mind. He's out already again this entire year. So paid like eight games for the $92 million. <laughs> <laughs> he literally shut him. They shut him down again. So never mind. So yeah, uh, I, I'm just waiting on Katie to head back. All right. Uh, and, and Larry, I don't think uh, Bradley Beal is six seven. So we're gonna go to my expert on that. All right. Oh, take okay. it away. He's about six five, isn't he? Take, take he, it away, Tony. He, we're gonna go to the expert. Talk to us, Tony. Okay. Uh, I'll start out with the Utah Jazz. Um, like everybody was saying, uh, they're a young team. And one thing I think is, is very essential when you're trying to build and, and become one of the prominent teams in the league, it starts with leadership. Um, you got to have the right people and management, also coaches. They got a really good young coach in Will Hardy. This guy is a young rookie coach, 35 years old. He kind of reminds me of a young Bill Self. If you ever see him, he really got a good personality. He develops a really uh, good rapport with the players. These guys really respect him. Um, you know, Olenek, he's done well under his leadership. Clarkson, of course. Um, now, this young kid, Kessler, is really starting to really pick up, and uh, he's really starting to do some things. Um, in some of their recent games, Utah, they beat uh, uh, Boston and they beat Sacramento. And, uh, you know, you're talking about two teams that are uh, in the pack in their leagues and also head coaches are up for coach of the year. Uh, Will Hardy was able to get two big wins against Boston and Sacramento. So I see uh, upswing for them, and I could be wrong, but I think they have a chance to even get into the play. Um, if I'm not mistaken, I'll double-check on that, but they may have an opportunity uh, to get in there. So I think – they head in the right direction. When we look at the Rockets, very young, extremely athletic team. Uh, Jalen Green, Jabari Smith, I mean, these guys are super talented. These guys were high draft picks. Um, I think they need to get rid of Boban, really get a big rim protector in there to help work with those young guys so they can get out on the wings and really use their athleticism and their skill sets to really get some things going. The other thing that I don't think many people take notice of with the Houston Rockets is they probably have maybe one of the best coaching staffs in the league, if not the best. They got three head coaches on the team. You got Silas, you got John Lucas, you got Lionel Howards. These guys are um, on the coaching staff. And then you got Mahmoud, who's a former All-Star on that coaching staff as well. So they got the leadership, they got guys got the experience to help, you know, move these young guys along and give them 
you know, that veteran leadership. Um, so I think that they want to do well in Houston. So hopefully they'll they'll be able to do that. Detroit, um, it starts from the top there. They have the management that they want to win. They want to be a contender. I believe they got a big three in Bogdanovich, you know, Cunningham and Jaden Ivey. That's their big three. And then you combine that with Wiseman, Jalen Duren, and Isaiah Stewart. These guys should really emerge into becoming a contending team again. So um, that's the that's the mantra for Detroit Pistons. Um, the Wizards. I'm not sure if management and ownership uh, really want their franchise to be team for a championship. I mean, I'm just going back, just thinking about you know the organization over the years. I can't remember the last time they were, like, really competing in the, in the playoffs or winning any championships. Uh, we probably got to go way back, way back. I can't even remember the years. Maybe some of you guys can help me out with that, but it just don't appear to me that they really want to do anything in terms of really competing. You know, you got some really good players, though, on the team. You know, Przingis, I really like him. You know, of course, everybody knows Bill and Kyle Kuzma. I mean, you know, you got some guys to work with, but, you know, will the management and ownership decide that, man, we really want to go after really trying to build this franchise and really be a contender? So I think that's where it is there with the Wizards. Just we don't know. We haven't seen that any recent years. And uh, so I'll just sum it up just with that. Okay. All right, uh, Francis. Take us out, Francis. All right, gentlemen, thank you. Larry Tisdale, Tony Coleman, Tommy Pritchard, also Will Harris, we appreciate your time. Um, Duck Riley and Tim Moore, I'm still in Florida in God's country. You guys have a good night. <laughs> no, All right. Right. Good night. Thank y'all. Good night. Be good, fam. Go, go South Carolina State. <laughs> South Carolina State. <laughs> you were concerned about your South Carolina losing. Then I lose. Um, you don't think they're going to lose? They're not losing. <laughs> they're not losing. They can't lose now. They got to go. They got to no, go all the way. They're not losing. They got to go all the way. They got to go all the way. Gotta, Thank you. Final four is here. I can't wait. I'll be texting you all back yeah. and forth. Have a great evening. Uh, all right. Love you. Nice.